Moving to the cloud will allow you to scale with lower maintenance, will allow you to retain your employees with lower costs, but it is not the end of conceptual IT, ops, etc. Welcome to the Agile Digital Transformation Podcast, where we explore different aspects of digital transformation and digital experience with your host, Tim Butera, Content and Community Manager at Agile Drop. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Our guest today is Erez Berkner, co-founder and CEO of Lumigo, a monitoring and debugging platform for modern cloud applications. Today, we'll be discussing cloud computing. We'll go through a bit of history, the best practices and advantages of moving to the cloud, as well as the key challenges and the most common misconceptions here. So, Eris, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Do you want to add anything or should we just jump straight to the questions? No, sounds like a great topic. Thanks for having me. Excited, excited to be here. Yeah, it definitely is a great topic. It, it, it's kind of weird that we haven't actually discussed cloud computing on the podcast yet. We're, we're what, at about 70 episodes now, and this is the first time that we're talking about it. So yeah, uh, it's, it's great having you with us, discussing this with us, Eris. So can you first tell us, let's begin with this, in what ways is cloud computing a game changer? Why should companies consider the cloud for their digital strategies? Yeah, so maybe to give a bit of a context, like I, I've been, let's call it, escorting the, the cloud from the la in the last 16 years. So I've been seeing that through uh, my previous role was a director of uh, cloud security at a company called Checkpoint. Now at uh, Lumigo, where we do observability for the modern cloud. But I think that uh, first and foremost, what I'm seeing in the last 17 years is that cloud computing is becoming definitely like the go-to standard when it comes to modern application uh, and new activities but also for legacy systems. And the funny thing is that this is still, at the same time, everybody's talking about the cloud, but it's still very early stage. You know, it ranges from some say 10%, 15%, 20% of the world workloads today in the world are cloud, which always sounds very, very small to me compared to the hype around it. So that's just like kind of a background of, of, of the scope of uh, cloud computing today. And to, to your question about what is it a game changer, so I definitely think it is uh, just because it provides so many abilities to scale, abilities to execute in a whole different uh, level compared to what was there before, like the on-premise implementation of your application and servers. So we're going to get into that probably um, you know, a bit later, but it is a... Uh, changing the way people scale, people operate their application, the cost structure. So in any of those, it's a really game changer. So you said that you've been actually working with the cloud for what, 16 years, 17 years. So, so you must have seen like the entire evolution of the cloud. And can you give us an insight into like a kind of comparison between what cloud computing used to look like when you first started out versus what the modern approach to cloud development is now in 2022. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, is, it did evolve quite a bit. So early on, the concept of the cloud was, hey, you, you have those servers in your server room and you're not a server expert, right? Like you're just a company, you're focusing on your business, you're expert in your business but you're not an expert in running servers. So let us 
So that's one. And the second is you don't really you know it takes a lot of time to set up a server. So if you need a new server, you need to plan for it. You need to order the hardware. You need to make room for it. Networking, application, operating like a lot of it, it takes several months sometimes to set up a new server. So if you need to scale, mm-hmm. you're limited the ability to scale and, and, and the response that you're, you're giving to your, to your business needs. And then came with a public cloud, AWS, back I think it was 2005, six, and said, okay, you're not expert in, in managing servers. We can do that for you. We have the experience from amazon.com. We're doing that. So let's do that for you you will be able to rent a server and that server will be a VM and that virtual machine will be, will have the, the server room, will take care of cooling, of networking, we'll do all of that for you, we'll just get access to a server and that's agile and that can scale and that from today to tomorrow, like it can be instant. So that's where the cloud started. Allow me to rent servers instead of buying them. Ever since this, concept really evolved to the next uh, level. And we're seeing in the last couple of years, the motion from rent me a server to rent me a service. And that's maybe a natural evolution of that tendency of, you know, you're not an expert in, so let us do it. But today we see more and more Kubernetes, more and more serverless, more and more managed services to the point where when I need to set up a new web server, instead of setting up, renting a server and building that, I would rather use a service like API Gateway, for example, from Amazon and everything's been taken care of for me. And I don't need to do a lot on the technical part. I'm consuming it. Same goes with, not not just AWS, you know, like PayPal, for example, Stripe. I don't want to set up a payment service. I want to consume it. So this entire concept of don't build it, use APIs to consume it as a service. This is really, really growing for, with the cloud adoption. And that's not just for services, like I mentioned, it's for databases, for queuing, for web servers, for probably any service you can think of, you can get today as a service, which is a, the, the, what we refer to as a modern cloud. And what about, so, so let's say that a company does decide to move to the cloud because they see the obvious benefits that we talked about and they see how they will be able to scale and they, they, they're able to see maybe the long-term ROI. So what should they prioritize or what should they keep top of mind when making this decision to move to the cloud to make this cloud implementation as successful as possible? Yeah, so there are several things that really change when you move to the cloud. First of all, the structure of the organization changes. All of a sudden in the cloud, because it's APIs, because it's code, developers are dealing with infrastructure, with configuration. So it really collapses the separation between ops and dev. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you hear more and more about DevOps and developers that are actually doing uh, operations. So that's, I think it's very healthy because it's well connected, but this is definitely something that is gonna change the structure of the, organization. And I think the other thing that changes or to consider is that the cost structure of the cloud is very different. In the past, you can forecast very clearly how much you will spend on servers because you bought them. Now, when you rent them, when you pay by the service, by the minute, or even by the request, it's agile, it's flexible. You can end up, you know, like electricity. 
end of the month, you'll see that your bill is high, but it's hard for you to forecast that. Mm-hmm. So that are just two examples of the things that are to keep in mind when we're moving to the cloud. What about, I mean, a similar question would be, you know, some of the things that you have to consider and keep top of mind are also, you know, the challenges and the potential issues. So what are the biggest challenges and maybe potential problems of implementing cloud? So I think one of the main problem in this migration is the the team. Like, Mm -hmm. keep in mind that the team that knows how to maintain servers does not necessarily know how to, you know, work with the cloud. It's really, really different, and and you need different skill sets. So you need to educate the team. You need to grow the team. You need to bring experts that are that know how to work with API with cloud providers because it's it's not just like it's not the same type of writing code. Let's call it. So that's one that, that's one challenge. You need to make sure that you're ready for that. Second is, I mentioned the forecasting, the cost structure is different. So you need to be prepared of that. Otherwise, like, you know, you, you're gonna have like one very frustrated uh, CFO uh, because it's very hard to control cost and forecast. So uh, it requires a new model of financing and, and planning and flexibility on the cost side. And the last thing is, is the control. When you're running your own servers, you're in full control you know what's going on. You can monitor everything very easily uh, because it's your server in the other room. When you're going to the cloud, it's not your server. It's not your service. You're using other company services. And all of a sudden, you're blind to many of the things that are happening. And those cloud architectures are very, very complex, especially the modern one with serverless and Kubernetes. So. Acknowledge that you will lose control by definition, and this is something that uh, that is changing. And now, how do we do deal with that fact that we're losing control? That's not a bad thing, by the way. You don't want to stay in control of everything because, again, that's not your business. You just want to make sure that things are working, and that that's the main question. How do you get things to work without having like a very very specific people that are focusing on controlling those? So, so it takes a bit of a mindset shift from, from this urge to have everything under your own control to kind of relinquish this and kind of trust trust in the experts that you're relying relying on for this particular thing. Yeah, it's not for uh, you know people that are obsessed with control. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just part of this general mindset shift that that's kind of come with this digital transformation and this this digitalization that we're experiencing. You know, it's it's more having more flexibility, being more open to change, being more open to handling even unpredictable things. And I think it goes in line with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess uh, another aspect of this control, especially when it comes to the cloud, is also observability, right? Obviously. So, so how can we monitor? How can businesses monitor uh, operational workflows in in a cloud-based IT infrastructure? Absolutely. So that's that's the other side of that. So you, you lose control. That's fine. Embrace it, but don't let go of of your ability to to monitor. So. I'm going to let this go only if I know that everything works well and if something doesn't work well, I'm going to know about it and I'm, I will be able to solve it. So this is where the ability kicks in and this is why it's so important 
for the cloud, especially for the modern cloud, to have observability backed in, in order to understand what's going on and have the visibility. So that, that's all about understanding what's happening. You lost control. There are so many services out there. If you don't plan for it, you will be lost across your services. You're using so many Lego pieces mm-hmm. and you need a one, a view that actually ties everything together and very clearly says, this is what happened. This is where it started. This is the process along the way. This is the impact and allowing your developers to, to kick in if something is requires the handling. So that's, that's a focus on observability of the modern cloud. That's why you're hearing a lot about distributed tracing, about the observability, tracing, monitoring, logging, all of this together come into the new concept of modern observability that is critical for the modern cloud. And and this is what we're trying to do in the last four years. Like we built Lumigo to answer that emerging challenge for the modern cloud from, from a very focused perspective on the modern cloud, because what you used to do in the past on on your servers isn't the same as what you need to do today in a growing serverless API-based environment where everything has to be very, very code-based and and API-based. You know, one other thing that that I've also been wondering, we talked earlier about uh, DevOps, about how it's kind of bridging these two. We talked about the challenge of the team and how that changes. And, And I'm wondering, so how does keeping all of this in mind how does the cloud impact the developer experience? Wow, that's a that's a big impact. I think first and foremost, I would look at that from you know from a manager perspective, and, and I've been managing R and D teams for for many years. Even before the actual experience, the perception is also very important. So if I want to grow my team, if I want to retain them, if I want to make sure that they're happy and they're dealing with the modern technologies. I need to be at the cloud. It's not the only reason to go to the cloud, but no, many people don't want to go to a company that is not in the cloud today. And we're seeing that actually with serverless. We see people that actually, I want to go to the edge of computing. I want to go to the edge of technologies. I want to deal with serverless. I want to deal with Kubernetes. So definitely it's true with the cloud. So that's that's one point about, you know, this, this very hard, let's call it recruitment that we have with developers around the world. The second is that this really also changes the developer experience as as you implied. And the point is that you need a new set of tools. Uh, You need to know how to work with APIs of Amazon, Microsoft, et cetera. You need to be able to architect. Uh, Every developer now becomes a small architect. Every developer becomes somewhat an ops because he needs to configure DynamoDB and the scale and the number of reads, number of writes. He or she needs to define, you know, the, the number of shards in a Kinesis, in, 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 a, in a messaging system. All of these are things that are baked in via code by developers and are critical. I think that makes the developer much more holistic, which I think is a great, great momentum. And, and again, also changes the roles. I think as we move to the modern cloud, we're going to see less and less of, I am a developer, I just know Python, and that's all that I know, and let me just write code all day. But I'm a full-stack developer, 
I know Python, but I also know how to set up a DynamoDB and I know how to connect those and I know how to monitor those and I know how to handle issues when they arise and what to check and how to debug. So I think this is really, really opening the developer role and experience to, to much broader spectrum of the uh, software lifecycle. It, it also positions them much more favorably for the more demanding and more competitive job market today. I mean, on the one hand, we have a higher demand for tech talent, but on the other hand, we also have uh, a higher demand from the tech talent itself, right? A, a lot, many more companies are looking for full stack developers as opposed to a few years ago. And I'm guessing as we, as we just highlighted that, you know, developers who have worked extensively in a cloud environment will be much, much better able and it will be much easier for them to land these roles or maybe find more pre prestigious roles in their industry. Absolutely, because that's where the industry is going to. So if I'm, so while maybe, you know, the cloud share is 20%, if you look at the statistics for openings, you'll see the number of cloud experience much higher than 20%. Because if I need to develop a new project and I need the 50 developers, and that's a cloud project, uh, then that would uh, I would try to hire those with cloud experience. So I think definitely if, if you're a developer thinking about the future, you want to be versed with the new technologies. Definitely the cloud. Kubernetes, serverless, these are things that uh, you probably want to get into. And that's very, very hard to find, like expert in those. Even now, even now, you're five years, six years after the base, you know, the Kubernetes bomb, let's call it, it's still very hard to find expert in that, definitely in serverless. So, you know, if I have one tip for developers, is, you know, if you can get expertise in serverless or Kubernetes, that's, 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 that's gold. That's gold out there today and in the coming you know four or five years for sure that's definitely an invaluable tip and as any developer listening right now i hope you follow it but hey this has been an excellent conversation i really enjoyed it and i learned a lot of interesting stuff and and i just have one final question before before we wrap up mm -hmm. uh what are some of the maybe most frequent myths and misconceptions about cloud computing and how would you debunk these mm -hmm. If I need to choose one, I would say there is a concept, I think, out there, mostly by managers, by executives, that get the feeling that let's go to the cloud and that's going to solve all of our problems. It's like a married couple that have some problems and then say, Let, let's have a, a newborn and that will solve all of our problems. It, it provides a lot of value and, and a lot of excitement and a lot of pleasure, but at this, and a lot of values, but it's not a silver bullet that's gonna solve all of your problems. So one of the things that IT organizations are challenged with is maintenance. Like a lot of executive things, let's go to the cloud, there's no maintenance over there. And I think that's important to understand that even in the cloud, even in Kubernetes, even in serverless, maybe maintenance is lower, but it's still there. You need to have someone expert that deals with that, you need to have the right tooling in place, you need the right, right, right monitoring, observability, security, CICD, entire ecosystem that you need to maintain in order to get your business uh, delivered. So moving to the cloud will allow you to scale, will lower maintenance, will allow you to, to you know, retain your employees, will lower costs, 
but it is not the end of conceptual IT ops, etc. It's just like a different form of it. So make sure that you understand that uh, before and you know, don't be disappointed after you move to the cloud and hey, I still need those ops guys, but I moved to the cloud. <laughs> Well, Eris, this has been great. As I just said earlier, thanks so much for joining us today. Just before we finish, if listeners would like to reach out or maybe learn more about you, where can they do that? Yeah, so first and foremost, I, I just want to add, like we're very much focused on the modern cloud, serverless, Kubernetes, containers. So we're doing observability and monitoring, but at the same time, we are very involved in the community. So if your team has any questions, want to consult, uh, on on those topics, we have experts that are actually seen you know hundreds of hundreds of environments. We know what is the best practices, and feel free to reach out for anything. Again, it doesn't have to be like uh, related to Lumigo, but uh, I think one of the nice things that we see in the community is that a lot of contribution, a lot of community work is being done, and I want to offer this also as part of this. So that's that's feel free to contact with that as well. Best would be probably through Twitter. I'm Erez, E-R-E-Z, Berkner, B-E-R-K-N-E-R. Or you can just look for Lumigo and feel free to send us a direct message and we'll be happy to help. Awesome. I'll make sure to to add the relevant links in the show notes, Erez. And uh, thanks again. It's been a pleasure. Excellent. Thank you very much for having me. It's been fun. Well, to our listeners, that's all for this episode. Have a great day, everyone, and stay safe. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to check out our other episodes, you can find all of them at agiledrop.com slash podcast, as well as on all the most popular podcasting platforms. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues.